Welcome to the Reverse Selling Podcast, where real estate agents, salespeople, and entrepreneurs come to learn the best tactics and strategies to grow their business. Hosted by the creator of the Reverse Selling Methodology, Brandon Morinan. All right. Welcome back, you guys. So today I got my good friend, Kevin O'Keefe from San Diego. We're going to have just kind of a conversation and hopefully give you guys a lot of good takeaways. Uh, Kevin and I are going to have pretty much a, a mastermind session that just happens to be recorded that we are going to share with you guys. So uh, Kevin, I appreciate you doing this like always. And uh, I want to talk about mainly absentee owners which is a lead source. It's so funny. I did. I didn't even tell you this off air. I just did another podcast style interview with somebody else who's been in the industry for thirty years, and they never thought of or heard of working absentee owners, which is like your bread and butter. Is that right? Yeah. So first of all, thanks for having me on today. Um, yeah, absentees are probably my favorite lead source uh, for. The number one reason is probably because there's so many of them. Yeah. And the number two reason is because there's very low competition compared to all these other lead sources like FISBOs, expireds, and, and whatnot. Yeah. And that's what I want to just let's just talk through that today. And just I want to maybe just walk through as many step by steps as we can. So people that are watching this can really get their eyes open to what I've been saying for a long time, like the um the hidden gem in our business. And you're right. I mean, there's there's thousands of them. So even if other agents, you know, catch on, I mean, I still think the competition is very, very low because FISBOs expired. We might have one or two of those a day, and regardless of what market you're in. So let's first off define so people understand what absentee owners are, because I think a lot of people get confused and then we'll get into some more ditty gritty. So what are most of these people that you're talking to? I mean, we're not talking about the investor that has 700 investment properties. We're talking about regular people like you and I that have like one or two uh, second home or investment properties. Is that right? Yeah, exactly right. So it's anyone with a second home or investment property. Most of them are rented out, but some of them are vacant. So, um, and those happen to be the best ones that are vacant because they're not being used. Uh, there's usually higher motivation there, but um, yeah, it's anyone with a second home or rental. And a lot of these properties are um, given to them. Someone in their family passed away and they were handed down. Um, they are less uh, emotionally connected to the properties. So there's a higher probability of them wanting to transact, uh, whether that's sell their current property or acquire more or, you know, there's a whole number of things they could do. Yeah. And when you're calling these folks, their motivation is high because yeah, you nailed it. Number one, they're, that's not where they live. So there's no emotional tie to the property. Are you finding that a, a large portion, and I'm curious if you, how close you've tracked this, a large percentage of them are motivated to transact at some point in the future, like more, more so than just randomly circle prospecting? Yeah. I mean, most of them will do something at some point. Circle prospecting, you're calling the the home that they're living in. So there's, you know, unless there's just a lot less motivation there usually. But yeah, at some point, I mean, most of the leads that I get from calling absentees are future business. So it takes a lot of following up. 
And um, there's a few now, you know, business leads in there, but most of them will do something at some point. What what percentage do you think that is? Like if you're just spitballing, just guessing, like, because how many contacts or how many absentee owners will you call per day on average, roughly? Um, it depends. I, I prospect absentees usually about two hours a day. So that will maybe, maybe I'll call 200 depending on, uh, you know, how things are going, how long the conversations are. And how many, so 200 dials, right? 200 dials yes. in the two, and then how many conversations does that yield? Let's give people like the ratios. Um, I probably average around, uh, 30 contacts a day. Okay. And then out of those 30 conversations, how many turn into a seller lead or a seller nurture that you're going to add to the database and follow up with? Um, so my numbers are probably, I think a little bit lower than some other parts of the country, like where you're at. Um, I get probably two leads out of 30. Okay. Out of 30 that I've talked to. Got it. And you know, it's, it's, it could go either way too. Some days I'll get four, some I'll even go, you know, none some days it's, it just kind of depends. So, um, well, I guess that's, that's the good thing, right though? Like, so out of two hours worth of work, you're coming out with at least two seller listing opportunities. Would that be fair? Yeah. And I say, and, and by lead, I mean, someone that says they're going to do something in the next 12 months. And, and to add 12 months or less, and, um, will give you an opportunity to earn their business, right? Like both of those right. things have to be true for them to go into Kevin's database. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. All right. So let's break it down from the beginning. So first off, where where are you finding the best absentee owner um, leads, would you say? Are you still, what are you using these days? So I'm using, I'm using Mojo actually. And uh, I know a lot of people don't like the Mojo data, but um what I did for Mojo was you can pay for their, their, uh, I, I don't know what they're called geo leads, maybe something like that neighborhood yeah. search. Um, and there's a, there's a box you can check where you can select all non-owner occupied. So what I did was I paid for it and I went in and downloaded every single absentee number in my whole market. So I have a database of 80,000 phone numbers in my wow. Mojo account that I can call through. So that's where I'm getting it. The, the, um, the accuracy of the numbers is is actually pretty good too. That's great. So you're using Mojo, triple line dialer. You're getting yep. their data now. I think a lot of these lead providers are now getting absentee owners, which is making it easier, right? So I think I know Red X added theirs, um, and I know Vulcan Seven added theirs, where you yeah. can now get their geo leads and select non-owner uh, occupied, and so they've now added that to their platforms, just like Mojo has. So, and then you're finding that their lead quality. <laughs> Is fine, right? Like it's 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 no issues, and that's what you're using. Yeah, exactly. There's no issues there, and I have tons of numbers to call through, so I uh, I'm pretty happy with it. I'm I'm glad I came across that source, but really, I mean, uh, like you said, there's a lot of different options out there. Yeah, uh, you just have to find one that works for you that gives you good data for your area. Because I know that um, I've heard you know different stories. Some people. Mojo in some markets provides terrible data, I've heard. Yep. So you just have to try different things until you find one that works. Yeah, because you were using a different source for a long time and then yeah. you just found that. Mo- when when did you transition full-time to just having Mojo be your, your full-time lead source? Was that this year? Um, yeah, I was using a program called Haynes. That's right. And, then, and that was really good data, but they cut off the absentee feature last year. Really? So yeah, so I canceled that out, and then there was like a period of time where I was 
kind of trying to figure out what I was going to do. Yeah. And then I just talked to a few other agents that were using Mojo and I decided to give that a shot since I already, I use Mojo for everything. I try not to overcomplicate things. Yeah. So my whole CRM is in Mojo. The dialers in Mojo, all my leads are there. Everything is there. So I don't have to go and log into different, you know, platforms to move my leads around. It's all in one spot. I love it. And that's, uh, you know, it's a whole nother topic, but it didn't, it wasn't always like that, right? Like even myself, I had systems and all kinds of crap everywhere. So you've simplified everything, which makes, I think life just a lot easier as far as managing different systems and getting results. So, all right. So you're getting the data from Mojo. Um, you will call for two hours that gets you 20, 30 conversations out of those 20, 30 conversations. You've got about a 10% conversion from contact to lead generated. Is that right? Yeah. It sounds about right. Yeah. Pretty close to that. All right. So let's talk, let's, let's walk through and, and, and show the people, I guess, kind of what those conversations sound like, because I think this is where a lot of agents, I mean, that, that's where a lot of their questions or their hangups are. Like, what do I say? What's the approach? How do I work the, this source of business? Um, so can you walk us through, I guess, your mindset with the conversation and where you're trying to take it and what your goals are? With, yeah, with so, the conversation. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, the conversation is, is really simple. I'm just saying their name and then I'm asking them if they still own the property at, you know, one, two, three main street. And then I ask them if they've thought about selling in today's market, considering how high the market is. And they, uh, most of the time they'll say no. And that's just a reflex. No, usually. That's right. I was so hoping I you were going to say that we, we didn't, we didn't script that, but you've been trained enough now. <laughs> I hope that it's just a reflex. Yeah. So you have to dig a little bit deeper usually. Um, you know, ask them how long they've owned the property, how long it's been a rental, um, if they'll consider selling in the future, if prices continue to go up, you know, it kind of varies depending on the conversation, how it's flowing, but I'll ask a few more additional questions and try to determine if there really is a lead there or not. And, um, you know, if there's not, then I let them go usually and move on to the next one. Good. If there is, um, obviously the first goal is always to set an appointment. But on these type of calls, that rarely happens. Yep. And uh, what usually happens is uh, me getting an email address and offering them a CMA. And I send them the CMA and then schedule a follow-up call to review the CMA. All right. Let me pause so, right there. So, so before we go any further, I want to just rewind for just a second. Mm -hmm. You said like, and it's so good. So many agents are going to benefit from this. You call a prospect, right? They don't expect you, uh, they're not expecting your call. You're calling out of the blue. You're calling a, a hyper-targeted list of prospects, absentee owners. And most of the time, they're giving you some type of reflex resistance. Most agents right there are done, right? And walk us through, I guess, or let's just talk about it. Let's just mastermind through that. I mean, it's there's no difference then when you and I go to a department store and they say, how can I help you? We all respond with, no, thanks. I'm just looking. And then we just pull out our wallet in five minutes and buy something, right? So there's no difference in that. That's what you've experienced as well, correct? Yeah, it's exactly the same thing. They, they know that if they tell you no, that most salespeople will get off the phone at that point. So when they give you that resistance and how I handle it is, is through ARPing, right? I just say, yeah, totally makes sense. I get it. Let me ask you, how long have you owned the property? Is that how you transition into the next question? Yeah, I'll say something like, uh, yeah, I get it. Most people aren't looking to sell right now. Let me ask you. 
how long have you owned the property? Beautiful. And that so, from that moment, that then puts you in an opportunity to further the conversation and then uncover the true motivation, correct? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. What were we going to say? Oh, I was just going to say, and, and uh, even though I go down that line of questions, most of these prospects that I'm calling are not going to be a lead. So, you know, I don't, uh, I don't just keep going and going and going. If I determine, you know, based on how they're answering me, I have to, I have to gauge whether I should keep asking them more questions or not. Absolutely. I, I think the takeaway though, Kevin, for people that are going to get the, the, the first takeaway from this little mastermind, I think is that what percent, or I guess, let me ask you what percentage, again, we're just spitballing of the leads you do generate come through prolong or, or, or furthering the conversation versus people just coming out of the gate and saying, yeah, we'd love to sell. You know, like if you had to guess. I had to guess probably like 80%. Come through. Come through asking an additional question. Yeah. All right. So this is the point, everyone. Like this is the takeaway. Listen to what Kevin just said. Uh, I, it's been my experience is the same thing. So this means 80% of the leads that you get, the listings that you're going to get, are going to come through getting through the initial reflex resistance. And therefore, if you are just giving up on that first ask, you're losing 80% of the opportunity. Would you think that's a fair assessment? Yeah. And I used to do that too. And I would, I would get like, I used to just dial like crazy and do like a thousand dials a day and I'd do a hundred contacts and I would just blow through them like that. They'd say no. And I'd be like, click next. And I'd run into leads still, but it was just like a huge uh, numbers game at that, where I just had to call so many to get a lead. So if you, if you just dig a little bit deeper on the conversations you do have, you can have fewer conversations and still generate leads. And that's, so. what we, that's what we call skills. You know, it's funny because you're only calling two hours now or before you're right. You were calling four, five, six hours a day, crazy amounts of effort where now yeah. you're only doing two hours a day and getting the same result. You just learned how to stay in the pocket, stay calm, ask questions, increase your skills. Okay. So that makes a ton of sense. So most of them, I would agree, are going to turn into some type of seller nurture or leading to a CMA. So that conversation, when you can stay calm, typically is like, Kevin, well, why don't we do this? Why don't we just see what the property is worth? I'll send you an email with a pricing analysis. And then you try to work that relationship to presenting the CMA so the seller can really visualize what their property would sell for in today's market. And in my experience, that's when you find the real lead or not. Is that what you're finding as well? Yeah. Cause they'll usually say, they'll give me a timeline at that point. You yeah. know, um, oh, that the price looks good, but the tenant's in there until December. So I can't do anything until then. Okay, perfect. I put them on my follow-up. That's what I expect. Yep. It, it's never like, uh, it's really hardly ever, oh, that number looks good. Let's get it on the market right now. That's it's right. Really, I mean, I've converted some of them with two years of follow-up. So it's, it's, uh, it's a long-term game for sure, for the most part. Um, but yeah, you just have to, you have to ask them their timeline. So, you know, when to follow up and then you have to have a system to follow up with them too. Yeah. We're going to talk about that for sure. We're going to spend a lot of time on that follow-up piece for sure. Cause if you don't have a follow-up, what I tell people, Kevin, and I'm curious to get your thoughts is like, if you're going to spend time making, you know, prospecting calls, if you don't have a follow-up system, that initial uh, effort is a waste of time. Would you agree? Yeah. Oh yeah. 
And I've, I've wasted a lot of time doing that too in the past and, and just not following up and losing listings because of it. So that, that's the most important thing is the follow-up. If you're not going to do that, you might as well not prospect. That's exactly right. And that's where I think a lot of agents say, oh, prospecting is a waste of time. Well, it is a waste of time. If you don't have a follow-up system, you are wasting your time. You're not going to get shit yeah. from the initial contact. You know, th- that's why we call it it's lead generation. You're prospecting to get leads. And then you have lead follow-up where the lead conversion happens into appointments. So, um, all right. So step one, you're, you're making the initial call. We're trying to determine, are they motivated to step to sell? Step two, I think, uh, is, is getting that phone call to some type of, uh, CMA exchange, right? So you're emailing the CMA, um, <laughs> that step, are you, so you are scheduling a CMA phone call zoom. Tell us about that a little bit, how you're doing it. Yeah. Most of the time I just do a phone call Yep. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, unless they say, yeah, the property is vacant or they give me some indication that it could be, uh, now business or something, you know, coming up very soon. But, uh, most of the time I'll know that it's going to be some, you know, months out. So what I do is just schedule up a phone call to review it. And I don't go super in depth with that because I haven't seen the property. Usually I just want to make sure that they receive the CMA answer any questions that they had and just kind of go over a very broad price range on what they could expect in the market. So I don't go super deep on those, but I save that for, you know, the listing appointment uh, when that time comes. So you're using that CMA phone call, which I do the same thing to determine motivation, timeframes, and then it's really the start of the follow-up process, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And they really like, so I use, um, I use cloud CMA Yep. And I choose my own comp, so I don't do the automated, you know, yeah. comp choice thing. But um, I, I use that because I think it looks nice and they they love, you know, seeing the uh, the package in their email or if they don't have email, I'll even do like a FedEx package. I'll mail it to them and when they get it and they they love it. So it's like something that that makes me stand out because the presentation of the, the CMA looks really nice instead of just the one page off the MLS. Um, something a Do you little have bit more. one. Do you have one you can sh- uh, screen share or show us? Um, like on your desktop, maybe, or um, uh, I don't know. I'd have to look around for it. I don't. Um, that's okay. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I think cloud CMAs are. They just yeah the the presentation of the information is just so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for you guys watching this replay on YouTube or Instagram, wherever you guys are going to watch this. Just go play around with Cloud CMA. Most does your MLS integrate with Cloud CMA, or did you have to get that on your own? Um, it, it integrates, but I have to I have to pay for it though. Okay. Um, so there's a way to export leads onto Cloud CMA from the MLS, but okay. I pay for I pay like yearly for Cloud CMA to be able to generate those reports. How much do you pay for that service? I think it's around five hundred, but I think that's for two years, if I'm remembering that correctly. Un- unlimited so, CMAs? Yeah. I'm trying to yeah. log in right now to see if I can pull one up here. Yeah. Take your time. Again, this is just um, a, a good mastermind session. I think people would get a lot of value because they're always like, what do you send? What does it look like? What should I send? Um, you know, Because you can generate so... like You're right. It, it, like We generate so many leads it's, you just have to come, you have to come up with some type of CMA system that allows you to generate these as fast as possible. Cause you're not spending a ton of time creating these, correct? Um, no, it's really easy for me. I just go into the MLS and choose my comps and then hit export. 
and then it brings them over to it and then I can generate it like within five minutes. Um, I have one up if I can uh, figure out how to. Yeah. Hover, screen. hover over your screen. And then there's going to be a green button in the middle that says share screen. Okay. With your mouse. And then you can pick your screen. You want to share, double click that, and then you'll be sharing your screen with us. Boom. So oh, there we go. Is, yeah. This is a, um, and I did a couple of weeks ago. So it comes through as a PDF like this? Yeah, I can save it as PDF or I can give them a link to it. Nice. Uh, oh, so, this, so if you send them a link, you can send them a link, like text them a link and they can just open up right on their phone too, right? Um, yeah, I could. I, I usually, um, I'll email the link and then, but yeah, you could text it too. Cool. Yeah. Scroll through this. Let's just kind of look at this. So yeah. talks about what a CMA is. It's got all your contact info. It's got the map. Yeah, this yeah. is yep. yeah. I just did three sold comps here. So, and then it goes. There's a. I have a, you can you can do it different ways with it. So I just have basically the front page of the listing here, and then one page of pictures here. Love it for each, for each comp. So I go through. So when they want to get more detailed with it, I'll go through each of these and you know explain when they closed and everything. But then at the end. There's just some statistics and I give them a price range based on and are the you, Do you put that in there manually or is it spitting that out? I put that in there manually. I do everything manually here because yeah, good. I'm really, I used to be an appraiser. So I'm really picky about what comps are being used and uh, the value. So I just want to make sure I'm, I'm doing it all. Well, it, yeah, thank you for that. And in this step, my opinion right now is like, you, you just want to have a, a, a a range because we're not there yet. We just want to give the homeowner yeah. an idea of what the market looks like. We're not going super granular yet, correct? Yeah, that's right. And um, that one I think said 430 to 460. Usually I do an even larger range. Yeah. Um, that one was a condo. So condos are a little bit easier if there's model yep. match sales. But if it's a house, I'll do an even larger range. Um, just 10% it, 10% variance, like four to 450, something like that. Yeah, usually around that. Me um, too. Yeah. So it, I don't want to. I don't want to shoot myself in the foot by giving them a price over the phone when I haven't seen the property. Yep, perfect. All right, so you have a quick conversation, and then on that CMA conversation over the phone, then they the the property owner can now you've got more rapport, right? You've got more of a relationship. It's your second conversation. They're not as defensive. You've given them something of value. Um, so let's talk about the follow up. So that phone call usually yields into something like, okay, let's talk about what the future looks like. So can you just walk us through maybe what you're doing? Because most of your business or a large portion is coming through absentee owners, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Absentee owners. Um, yeah. The follow-up is, is uh, like we said earlier, it's the most important part. So you don't want to... Uh, I mean, I've lost so many deals from lack of follow-up. So I'm sure we all have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have, a, I have a couple folders in my Mojo account. So I have nice. a... Um, I have a monthly follow-up folder and that's pretty much where most of the leads are going to. Okay. And then I have a hot lead folder, which, um, when they're in the monthly and I, they're getting close to selling, I move them, move them over to the hot leads folder and my hot leads folder are ones that are ready to transact at any time. So I'm looking at those every day. And then the monthly folder, I'm looking at those every month. Um, just circling through those. I'm at least you know, I don't necessarily call everyone every month, but I'm at least seeing it each month. 
Um, and then if something's like really, if, if I absolutely have to call someone on a certain date and I just set a reminder in my CRM to do that, but, um, Hopefully that kind of made sense. Yeah, yeah. The monthly, well, it's exactly right. It totally makes sense because you're looking at them. They're, the lead is staying top of your mind. You're looking yeah. at all the opportunities every month to determine, do I need to call this person or are they a little bit further out? Because you have notes in there, right? So if you yeah. talk to Bob and Bob, I love the word. I love the lead Bob. Everyone's Bob. For Bob me. and Sue. Bob and Sue are all my leads in my database. But if Bob tells me he's not selling until next fall, and I just talked to him this month, I'm not going to call him right now. But you yeah, at least have exactly. somewhere there where leads are not falling through the cracks. That's the most important part. Yeah, I'm at least seeing Bob's name every month. So That's right. If uh, so, yeah, if I, <laughs> but yeah, like next next year, I'm not going to call him every month until maybe or a few months out or something. Exactly. All right. So, so you're, you've got a follow-up phone call system. Talk to us about your weekly email because most agents are just not consistent with this. And you're one of uh, very few agents that I've seen actually execute this with consistency because you're making a piece of custom content weekly through BombBomb video that gets sent mm -hmm. out to your entire database every week. Is that right? Yeah. Um, yeah. You got me started on that a couple of years ago. And I just haven't stopped doing it. Every every Wednesday, my database gets an email. And uh, to me, that's just something that has my name on it that's in their inbox. And I shoot a quick video, you know, one or two minutes, real estate tip of the week. Doesn't have to be anything fancy, but uh, that's what I do. And it goes out every Wednesday. So it's just another way to stay top of mind, that's um, right. aside from the phone calls that I'm making. And it's easy to do, simple to do. It allows you to touch everybody. Um, and you, how many people are getting that through your email database now? Um, I want to say like 400 maybe or so. And then BombBomb tells you, that's a good size database. So 400 people, BombBomb then tells you who's opening them, who's watching them. Would you, yeah. would you mind sharing a, a, just a, a, can we look at one of the emails that you sent out just so people get an idea of what those look like? Um... Yours is, yeah. I like your, and this is, and you're sending it through BombBomb and BombBomb makes it super simple. You guys, this is what I recommend for all of the agents that we work with. Anyway, BombBomb just gives you a simple template or you can create a template and then every month or every week, you're just plugging and playing a new video. Are you making the videos in BombBomb or are you making them outside of BombBomb and then uploading them into BombBomb? Um, I am making them, uh, I'm making them. I shoot them on my phone and I just upload them into BombBomb. Yeah. So it's real simple, right? I mean, that's what we do too. We don't make it in yeah. the BombBomb platform, but I could probably pull yours up too or mine, but... Um, yeah. If you have it up um, or if you have your email up... I'm, yep. Hold on. Let's see. Um, you can search real estate weekly. That's what I call it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So last, last Wednesday was the last one. I just started. Um, I just started using YouTube to store my videos, and you can put the YouTube link on BombBomb, so that way when they click it, they view your YouTube. I love it. All right, you guys, check this out. I'll share my screen. And I'll just show them real quick. So this is Kevin's BombBomb. This is what we do every single week, and BombBomb does a nice little HTML file, so it's like playing in the inbox, right? And then so you've got your your video, you've got your tips. They can go to your website, search your listings, 
Then you've got the real estate market, what's happening in your local market, which is great. And then your contact information with a call to action, right? I mean, it's no, we don't have to make it fancy. It's just really simple way for you to stay top of mind as you're generating leads every day, you throw them into your database, which is now, what'd you say, 450 people. That just keeps growing every day, right? You just keep adding people every single day to that thing. Yeah. And uh, the good thing about what I like about um, using Mojo is there's a button you can press, export to BombBomb. So it goes straight into my BombBomb list and I don't have to go and log into BombBomb and put their information in. That's phenomenal. Yeah. It integrates with a lot of different CRMs too. So I'm not trying to push Mojo or anything. No, Mojo is great. You're right. They they really are. No, they're phenomenal. That's what we're doing. That's why we're doing this mastermind. You know, it's like what what works for for Kevin. And so, yeah, I think BombBomb's got a great platform. It's phenomenal. Um, All right. So, and then... You're following up. You're doing the monthly thing. You're doing the weekly emails. Um, I want. Can you can you talk? This is more of a mindset of like the law of the harvest and like how important pipeline maturity is because now you've run the full gamut. You've done the work, and now you're a couple of years into this thing where you're getting listings that come out of the database. When when an agent's new, as you know. Like they're doing all the work, but they're not getting any of the result because they haven't allowed their database to mature. Can you walk people through what that's what that feels like now that you're you're experiencing it? Yeah, um, yeah. You just have to remember that you're prospecting today for future business, basically, and it's really hard to it's really hard to think that way when you're new. But over time, if you stick with it, you'll see that a lot of your listings and and your business comes from people you contacted several months ago. So I think that's the hardest part about being a new agent is you don't don't get to see that yet. Um, And yeah, I mean, I'm getting, I get listings that I first contacted people two years ago or so, you know, fairly often. So it's like I, I listed a FISBO earlier this year that was a FISBO two years ago. And I stayed in touch with him, even though he wasn't on Zillow anymore. And uh, he listed with me because I was the only one that did that. So um, most agents aren't doing that. If you stay in touch with them, you're going to be the obvious choice once they do want to list their property. Um, but yeah, that's the hardest part when you're new is just is getting over that uh, mindset of not getting any now business while you're making the calls. Yeah. The instant gratification because you got to build a pipeline. That FISBO you talked, mm-hmm. was that this year you took that listing and sold it? Yeah, that was earlier this year. Yeah. How much money did that one listing pay you, roughly? Do you remember? Uh, like thirteen thousand. So that thirteen grand of your income in twenty twenty one was simply a result of the work you did in like twenty nineteen, correct? Yeah, it was just someone I previewed. He was a physical yeah. for seven days, and he pulled it off the market because he changed his mind. And I knew he would sell eventually, so I just put him in the database and called him every couple months. And that was simple. It didn't take a lot of your work. He was getting your weekly emails. You call him every yes. couple of months and you made $13,000 this year in tangible real cash. I mean, that's why I have such a problem, Kevin, with that advice of like, if the person's not ready to sign a contract in seven days, throw them away. Yeah. I just hate that advice. <clears throat> like literally in your experience in the last, let's just call it three years, right? Because three years, you've you really transformed your business, I would say. Um, like how much business... Would you have gotten taking that seven day advice versus the money you've made with following up with people longer than seven days? Would you say what percentages would you give us? I would, 
probably not get any business really if I took that advice. I, know. I, I went to a seminar a few years ago and I won't name who the trainer was, but he gave me that advice and he gave everyone there that advice. He said, go through your database and anyone that's not ready to do anything in the next three weeks, delete them. And I was in shock when I heard that. And I was, <laughs> I almost yep. wanted to stop and like say something, but it was just, it was to a huge crowd of, of agents. And a lot of them were, were probably new agents too. And that's, that's what I was told when I was new too. And I believed it. Me too. Um, yeah. It's, it's crazy that, that you're, you shouldn't be allowed to coach agents if you're giving that type of advice. It's so, I mean, wow. You just gave me goosebumps, Kevin. Look at you. I mean, that's so true. I think it's just like, I don't know if it's just like a coaching theory. I don't know why, where the advice comes from because I don't know if ever, I mean, there's probably some one-offs, some expires that you call that are really hot, real motivated that you can call one time, go get the listing. But like, I don't know, probably, and I'm guessing here, but like for me, probably 97, 98% of the time of every dollar I've ever made as a real estate agent comes through multiple conversations and like just how it works naturally. You see somebody, whether it be a friend or referral or anything, like somebody thinks about selling, thinks about buying, and then they don't buy a house that same day. They don't buy a house that same week. I mean, just that's how life works. It just takes some time. I don't even get the advice how it's how it holds any merit at all. I just yeah, can't understand it. Exactly. And um, most people don't want to just hire a complete stranger. So you do have to spend some time, you know, cultivating that relationship and and building that trust with them before they hire you too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and I mean, I make the argument because now most of my business is like people I have relationships with. It's true with them too. You know, like I'll get a phone call. I get phone calls all the time. Like, hey, Brandon, it's Bob. Of course, it's Bob. Uh, this is Bob and Sue. We're thinking about selling our house. Well, Bob and Sue, I mean, it takes a meeting. It takes some conversations. It takes some strategic planning before they're signing contracts or putting a sign in the front yard. I mean, this doesn't happen this week. I like it too. I wish it was, but it's just not the, the reality of the situation. All right. So let's switch gears for a second. Let's talk about um, the real estate market, what your thoughts are, what your predictions are, what you're seeing in the market. Are you seeing things slow down? Are you seeing days on market tick up? Just give me your Kevin O'Keefe's real estate market update, if you will. Yeah. So things have slowed down a little bit here in San Diego. Um, and by slow down, I mean, you know, instead of getting 20 or 30 offers on a house, we're seeing maybe five offers. Yeah. So, uh, still relatively speaking, it's a, it's a awesome seller's market. Um, but inventory has gone up a little bit over the past couple of months and, yeah. uh, yeah, we're just seeing a bit of a slowdown. So it's not as crazy, which I think is actually a good thing. Um, especially for going after FISBOs. Because FISBOs are, as the market slows down, they're going to have more challenges selling on their own. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's going to gradually. I think inventory should gradually go up a little bit more throughout the year. And um, you know, I don't know how long the craziness can last, but it's nothing like it was a few months ago. So I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I do too. I think once the market slows down. Um, it'll just be easier to get listings. You know, there'll be a lot more for sale by owners, especially in California. There'll be a lot more expires. There'll be a lot more withdrawns, a lot more canceled. It'll just, I'm really looking forward to that. And I hope, and I don't mean any disrespect to people, but I hope, you know, we get 
20, 30% less agents, less, you know, less licensees. Cause we got way too many agents, way too many. Yeah. I, you know? I agree. And flat fee, flat fee yeah. companies, flat fee companies yeah. and like too many new agents that are just trying to capitalize on this hot market, you know, um, once things normalize, we will see the same amount of transactions, but it'll be easier to come across listings, hopefully less agents, uh, less hobbyists, you know, the people like the weekend warrior type people. Um, and so we'll see, we'll see what, what's on the horizon for you for, for the rest of 2021. Rest of 2021, um, trying to make another 100,000 in GCI for the remaining four months. So that's Love the it. goal. Um, haven't made my goals for next year yet, but, but that's it for now on the horizon. So are you guys, so, uh, yeah, I guess we haven't talked in a while. What, what is it like in, in California? I mean, are you, are you back in the office every day? Are you working at home? What does that look like? Yeah, I've been, um, I've been at home. I have a nice setup here, home office. Cause you got a new place, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so perfect. that's where I am right now. And it's quiet. So I can, you know, I get stuff done here. I have my little prospecting station. And uh, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. I was doing the office thing before COVID. And then that kind of changed a lot of things when, when COVID hit, because our whole office building shut down. So, but I'm, I'm pretty good where I'm at here at home. What I do though, a um, little hack that uh, helps keep me uh, disciplined is I still dress up for work every day. Even if I don't have an appointment, I'm at home. I could work in my pajamas, but I still will. Uh, I don't wear a tie every day like this, but I, uh, I usually will, will dress up nice. That way I'm ready to go on an appointment if I set one. Great hack. Great hack. I mean, yeah, appointment or not, it's like put you in the mindset of like, all right, I'm, I'm at work, you know? Yeah. You just feel more confident. Making yeah. Prospecting calls, everything. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, you've stayed consistent. I mean, I can talk to you for a long time, you know, we can talk about all kinds of stuff, but you've stayed so consistent and how have you done that? I think that's a really good thing that for us to discuss. Like it's so boring. It's so mundane. It's so, uh, it's, it's just so lonely. How have you been able to stay so consistent? Because that's the Kevin, that's what you and I hear like, Oh, I don't want to, pro- it's so boring. I don't, I can't do that every day. How have you been able to just do it day in and day out? Um, yeah, I just, I, I think of the alternative to that is me going and getting a job and I, I haven't had a, a real, I guess, real non, uh, yeah independent contractor job for a long time. So I don't want to go back into that world and, and I enjoy working for myself. So I just know every day I have to get up and, and do the work. I love it. And, and the way I look at it and I, and I talk about this uh, and I don't want to promote the book, but like I talk about this in the book, like mm-hmm. every day you don't prospect, look at that. I love it. I love it. Um, you're just postponing your income longer. You're pushing out income further in the future. And to your point, if you do that enough times in a row, you just won't be able to be in this industry. You'll lose the benefit of being an independent contractor and you'll have to go back and start working for somebody. Um, what do you think about the book so far? You started reading it yet? Yeah, it's great. I'm about halfway through. It's a, yeah, it's a good, it's an easy read. It's, it's uh, packed with information. So I would, uh, anyone watching this, highly recommend you go out and grab it. I tried, to, I tried to write it in a way that was very matter of fact, very in your, not in your face, but like, just, I just wanted to give you the truth. And my editor mm-hmm. even made a comment. She was like, wow, this, I like the way you wrote this. Uh, Jim McCord, I don't know if you know Jim or not, but um, he's a big real estate coach too. He read it and he just gave me the best compliment. He's like, dude, 
you just were so detailed and you're so honest and you didn't hold anything back. And I really appreciated the authenticity. And that's really why I wrote the book, Kevin. It was like, I just, I just want people to have the truth, you know, like yeah. it's, it's what people need to hear. It's not what they want to hear. You know, like I didn't really hold back, you know, I, I was just like, here it is. Here's what you got to do. If you have any prayer of making it in this industry. So it, it, it really, I love that you're reading it. Cause dude, when you write a book, it's one thing to put your own thoughts in paper, but to have somebody that, that you respect, like you read those words, dude, it's incredible. So thank you for that. Uh, yeah. I have to read it. That's, this is yeah. uh, what you've been teaching me for years. So I need to, yeah, I was excited to get it and I'm excited to finish it out too. I love That's, it. Uh, it's really fun seeing what you've done with the coaching program too. And with, with the book and everything, it's, it's fun to watch. Yeah. You've been there from the beginning, man. You're, you're one of the, I think the first agents I was working with. Yeah, your uh, your coaching program has changed night and day from the beginning when I first saw it. Just yep. everything about it. <laughs> well, and the thing is, you know, um, you know, we're getting ready to launch the new program, and then we're we're finally doing our first live event in October. So I'm hoping you can make it. We're going to start promoting that here soon. But I'm really, really excited. Like, uh, really excited because you can bring your fiance. We're gonna do a two. It's gonna be a two day event. Training one day on the Thursday. Friday is like a wedding. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Wow. Yeah, that sounds fun. Yeah. Um, so very cool, man. Listen, I, I love catching up with you today. Hopefully, you guys watching this uh, got a lot of takeaways from Kevin, who really has mastered the process of working absentee owners, which. I believe it's a goldmine. If you can just work that lead source consistently, high motivation of, of, of a listing lead source with low, low, low competition sets up to be a great opportunity. So um, yeah, dude, thank you so much. And we'll have to do this again for sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was fun. All right, brother. I'll talk to you soon, Kev. All right. See ya. See ya. For more tips and advice on how you can grow your business, be sure to follow Brandon on YouTube and Instagram at Brandon Mulrennan.